I'm just going to take it and screenshot it and like circle it in red and be like missing comma, comma splice. Citation needed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sick. Citation needed. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, which they won't get. That's a sick burn. Oh. Oh, and now's a great time to talk about it because Microsoft's Flight Simulator just came out. And I want to play that game. It, it I, looks, dude. I am so excited. I'm, I'm going to so get it at some point. It looks so good. Now I'm like, but now I need like I go a, to Amazon. I, well, and I need like a joystick, and I need like that's the problem. Is I go to Amazon, and I'm looking at. Oh, I need a flight yoke, and obviously some rudders, and you know all this stuff. I'm like, how did I spend five hundred dollars on this game? A Broken Toys Studio Production. Broken, but still good. Man, I'll never say that again. But I will say, welcome to General Geekery. Specifically, it's a podcast. I'm Lou. I'm Ben. And I promise I won't keep drawing out all of these things. We will start off with a few quick corrections and clarifications. Now we uh, are jumping straight into it, huh? Oh, yeah. We're not even going to wait on like, oh, let's. Let's give Ben a chance to prove that he's not a complete idiot. Let's jump how, how into. Are you, how are you, Ben? No, that comes. That's, I feel like a complete idiot. Segment. That's why I'm, I'm ready to jump right into it. Uh, that's the second segment is Grand Landfell. See how complete an <laughs> idiot you are. Um, no, uh, corrections, clarifications, just a few little housekeeping. Uh, we got two truths and a lie. Uh, laser microphones. Last episode, I believe I said they work by time of flight. That is incorrect. They work by interferometry. And what that is, is. You can think of sound waves as, you know, like sine waves. And if they're phase shifted, they go off to each other a little bit. Um, So the sine wave will start a little bit later. Easiest way to think about it is um, if you've ever seen uh, meter maids chalking a tire, they'll just draw a little line on it. So if you move your car, they'll see whether or not the line is moved. They always go straight up, straight down, something like that. Is that why they do that? Yep. Ah, I learned something today. If you, if you look at a circle, I'm not sure about the specifics about it, but yeah, they look for the chalk mark um, and its orientation. If you think of a circle, basically what they'll do is they'll look for that line to move a little bit. If you think of the phase of a sine wave, it can be out of phase um, up to a full phase. Once it's a full cycle out, then it lines up again. It's just late. Kind of like me so singing, time like, I pick, is- like I pick a note and then I get a little bit off a note until eventually stumble into a new note. That's right. Exactly. Time of flight is how late is that? How far behind is it? Phases. Uh, it's also kind of a time of flight issue, but what you can look at is the interference in the two signals. If it's off a little bit, some parts are going to get louder. Some parts are going to get softer. That's why it's easier to think of it as like, like a clock, a minute hand on a clock. You can look at it that way and say, Oh, we're a minute out of phase out of 60 minutes. Right. Um, and the reason they do that is because you can measure the signals and kind of detect how distorted the signal is and the type of distortion will tell you the phase shift. The problem is light travels really fast. Citation needed accurate computer, accurate timers require things that operate faster than computers operate to get below meters in precision. And when you're talking about, you know, measuring things as a laser microphone, you're talking millimeters of precision. You need to be really, really precise. Um, so time of flight, really hard to get accurate clocks at that speed interferometry you can just say cool is my signal right or is it really messed up um so just something 
uh, to think about. That was uh, an so, error on our part. Okay, or, was so, it, or am I telling a lie? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to play this game. Um, uh-huh. I'm going to say that. Do you want to hear, hear all the facts no, first? No, I don't. Or? I don't. Okay. I don't. Because, uh, right, I'm going to go ahead and call that the lie. Because way really? too much information. See, ah. when people try to lie, they go over the top. It's like when they investigate people that have obviously killed their spouse and they're like, uh, excuse me, ma'am. Um, d- we were, we wanted to ask about your spouse. And then she's like, why would I possibly feed my spouse to a tiger? I don't know why you would ask that. I would feed my spouse to the tiger. Absolutely. Wouldn't feed my spouse to a tiger. That's right over there. Uh, that tiger. I would not specifically not that tiger, not that tiger, not right. that tiger. I would never do that. Why would you I say I wouldn't have done that last Tuesday? Just for sure. Just volunteering. Well, too she much was murdered inf- on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, uh, just volunteering too much information. I'm going to assume that what you just said was completely made up. And, uh, and, and that's the lie. Well, I'm going to give the second fact. Okay, go ahead. Uh, second correction uh, in our two corrections and a lie. Second okay. correction is the moon is not entirely made of cheese, though it is cheese in majority by volume. Hi, Norm. So <laughs> um, that is actually true. Laser if, microphones work by interferometry and the earliest ones weren't even lasers. They were infrared. If the moon was made of cheese, would you eat it? I know. I, I know. I, would. I know. I would. Uh, if you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? I'd be delicious. <laughs> um, and one last correction I want to make. Yes, go um, ahead, please. And this one is, uh, in case anyone's wondering, the moon is not at all made of cheese. So that was a lie. Um, spoiler alert. But we're going to uh, we're going to jump into the Grand Landfill. And I want to make clear that uh, Ben, last week, he said 0.14% of the moon. That's 0.0014 moons. No, no, not no. Not 0.14 no. moons. No, no. I meant that. Oh, <laughs> so ben here's so, so so here's the clarification. I'll I'll take over for my own dumb clarification. Is I very clearly for those that are keeping extensive notes for those that keep the box score at home. It was a six four three right, double Chad. play. It was a it's six true. four three double play. Uh, is I specifically said for the Grand Landfill for how many moons the lunar moon would fit into the Grand Canyon. I said 0.14. And then I realized as we keep talking, and you will even hear, if if, if eagle-eyed listeners uh, will notice that I then go, that's 14%. Um, I meant 0.14 of a percent. So, yes, I meant 0.14 as far as 0.0014, not 0.14 0.14 of the moon. I meant 0.14 of a zero percent. Anyway, I'm still doing a bad job. I meant a much smaller number. The one that Lou actually said earlier. So, <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned that. Uh, you had 0.0014 moons. Um, that's 1.4, you know, 10 to the negative three. Uh, I went one with a, one in a millionth moons. That's right. To the negative six. So, you know, say, yep. just a few orders are magnitude off. Right. Um, went to Wolfram Alpha, plugged it in, and it gave me an answer right away. It knew what I was trying to tell it. It didn't it, try to, it didn't try to think it was a music album or anything. Right there. It just right there. Answer clear as day. Here's your answer. It got it. And what it said is approximately zero. The moon <laughs> is larger than the Grand Canyon. It said the moon is larger than the Grand Canyon in case you needed to know. So thank you, Wolfram Listen, Alpha. <laughs> I'll, let me speak for Wolfram Alpha. Listen, asshole, this is a serious thing that people use for calculations 
for how many things go into another thing. If the other thing is bigger than the thing they're going into, we don't need it for any damn reason. And the only possible reason you would be using it because you're bastardizing it for your own masturbatory reasons. Am I yeah. getting that right? Yeah. <laughs> they'll still take my money though. Um, <laughs> so. It just, it's almost like getting like a, like a syntax error. It just comes back and it's just like four or four. You're wrong. Just now, if you ask it, yeah, <laughs> if you ask it, um, because it knows approximately zero, right? If you ask it, it'll tell you, uh, Grand Canyon, again, reminder for everyone, thousand miles cubed of interior volume, the moon, it's idealized shape is a sphere. So it knows it's like, you know, oblate spheroid, uh, volume 5.3 billion miles cubed. So billion to thousand you know, we got it roughly a millions order of magnitude and it comes out to 1.887 times 10 to the seventh. That's, um, let's see here. I always get these wrong. Cause it's, um, everything's off. Like you don't have no units in the, in decimals. It's tens, hundreds, thousands. So this is, I mean, I only have imperial one, units. So 1887, 10, 10 millions of, uh, a moon will fit in the grand Canyon. 10, 10 millions. So wait, 10 so, millions. So let's put this in layman's terms. So you won mm-hmm. again. No, we were both over. By Price is Right rules, we were both over. Oh, well, I guess that's true. We were both over. You were closest, though, by a I lot. I was closest, by, <laughs> but, but I went over. Now. <laughs> and we're both wrong because Wolfram Alpha just goes zero, a-holes. We're over both ways. So that's two ways we both lost. Sudden death round. Okay. This is the answer we all want to know. Okay. That's no moon we're fitting in the Grand Canyon. That's a space station. Ooh. Wolfram Alpha has this to stay on Death Stars. Okay. The Death Star is a fictional moon-sized space station and super weapon appearing in the Star Wars universe. It's real to me. Okay. First off, Wolfram Alpha. It was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Like, we can't validate it, right? Citation needed. Um, Sick. It could have. So, sadly, it doesn't have the volume of the Death Star. It does not. But it does have a Death Star-like curve. If you look at the card on the run sheet you can ask wolfram alpha for a death star like curve and it will show you a curve plotted <laughs> from functions that looks like the, it looks pretty good it does look pretty good and you know what it actually has wolfram alpha has 24 star wars curves don't go looking for them it's a trap and i fell into that trap <laughs> did you know admiral akbar died in 27 aby after battle of yavin did you know that Admiral Akbar appeared in comics, movies, and video games? And his first appearance was in a 1982 Revenge of the Jedi comic strip, preceding the release of Return of the Jedi in 1983. Wolfram Alpha does. Wolfram Alpha knows a lot about Star Wars, apparently, but not the volume of a Death Star. So anytime I'm looking for random facts, Wolfram Alpha is my first stop. If I need a random fact, my next stop is Wikipedia. And Wikipedia. <laughs> Breaks out all the Death Stars. I went with a DS-1 orbital battle station. The DS-1... Which is, is also really fast, it. as we also dis- discovered in a previous Jing really uh, Most people think it just idles around. It doesn't just have a trolling motor to make its way around, uh, around planets. It's actually incredibly fast. I mean, it had to get to Alderaan. Yeah. And then get away once it was like, ooh, whoops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so the DS-1 orbital battle station... Measures 160 kilometers in diameter, which they also, Wikipedia converts that to 100 miles. So we're going to go with their conversion because Wikipedia is now our source here. So 100 miles in diameter. Um, Wolfram Alpha says the moon has an average diameter of 2,159.1 miles on average. 
Now, this is 0.9996 times the moon equatorial diameter, but since it's a spheroid, we'll go with the average. Makes sense, right? If we think the Death Star is a perfect sphere, it makes sense. So the problem is the Death Star is no moon moon. Our moon is about 20 times greater in diameter, uh, though it has one fewer fully operational planet-destroying weapons. So, you know, kind of a trade-off. If you go through all the math, Wolfram Alpha tells us that if you were to put Death Stars in the Grand Canyon, you would not be able to put one in the Grand Canyon. You'd be able to put <laughs> so, approximately zero. So again, against, again, your answer is zero, a-holes. It would be 0.00191 or 0.19%. Hey, Ben. Hey, that's I like what I said. I think you Death Stars. Oh. I think you won. Oh, you meant this moon. <laughs> you meant like our moon. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I'm obviously not a lunatic. I just got them. I got them mixed up. So that's the grand landfill. Um, is, should we spend this much of our time talking about how wrong we are about things? I feel like this is a solid chunk of, uh, of this week's episode. Is you want like, to spend more? Well, here's, here's all the ways we could have been wrong. Here's the ways we were wrong. And here's other ways that we can kind of make ourselves right. Why don't we talk about the way other people are wrong? Okay. <laughs> um, do we want to put out, do we want to put out uh, a next week grand landfill or do we want to take a break and come up with something that would fit in something else? Like come up with something other than grand canyons. Um, you know, I, people have been kind of enjoying the grand landfill, but I do think that we probably need to just scratch it all, clear off the table, clear off the whiteboard. We've, we've done inside outside. We've gone big, we've gone small. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's time to reassess uh, the grand landfill. So do you have any ideas of what other thing you would like? Ooh, ooh. I, ooh I, can I throw something out there right off the top of my head? Yeah. Instead of doing volume, will Wolfram Alpha allow us to figure out, well, it is volume, heights of things, i.e. how many of something would stack on something else, say, if you were to start at the bottom of the Marianas Trench? Um. It has information about depth and height. I'll bet you we could. I have not tried to coerce it to do that, but I'll bet you we could. So let's just leave it there for a second before I step out onto a limb that I eventually break and look even dumber than I've already proven myself to be. And let's let's think about let's let's get deep in that trench. Deep in that trench. <laughs> all right. Stacks um, on stacks on stacks. Let's let's look at that. But that's all I want to do now. We'll have to reconvene. Have a private meeting behind private doors. We we're going to make the decision, but there was no one else in the room with Hamilton. Oh, no, no. To heck with that. How many quarters would you have to stack <laughs> to go from the bottom to the top of the Marianas Trench at its deepest point? Oh, good Lord. Yeah. You know what? Here we are. We're on this diving board, so might as well jump in. And the quarters Do lie face down, like not on edge. Like face They're not down. on edge. They're going to be late. So we're stacking them like we're rolling them to, to take to the bank. Before there was a coin shortage. Yes. So this is where all of our now coins. Now I'm my coins. This is where all the coins have gone. People are like wishing for better times. So they're just throwing their quarters out. They're throwing their quarters off of stranded cruise ships into the, <laughs> into the Marianas Trench, hoping for a better time. So is Robert Ballard still active at, uh, uh Woods Hole National Oceanographic Institute? <laughs> like, is he going to find this next time he goes down with Alvin? <laughs> like, what are all these quarters doing here? Do you have a guess? You brought the damn thing up. I have no clue. So I'm just going to go wild and say 10 billion. 10 billion? 10 billion. Stacked. 
At first, I thought you were talking edge on edge. And yes, I'm buying myself some time right now. At first, I thought you were talking edge on edge, like we're just going to stack them like impossibly edge edge to edge, which would somehow kind of be a little bit easier. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Because how thick is a quarter? I don't know. I mean, I know it's thin, but how thin? <laughs> a sixteenth of an inch? I don't know. Um, and you said how many? I said ten billion. Ten billion. I mean, it's it's got to be a lot, but I don't think ten billion. Ah, uh, you know what? F this. Ten billion and one. <laughs> I knew it would happen eventually. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm tired of losing. I'm starting to use. I'm going to strategize. I like it. Strategery. So, how many quarters will flit, fit in the deepest part of the Marianas Trench? We're going to let um, Wolfram Alpha adjudicate how it's going to determine the depth of the Marianas Trench. So I guess we'll have to back up a bit. Maybe it doesn't know the deepest part. Whatever Wolfram Alpha says. Uh, we'll go with deepest if it has it. Otherwise, we'll go with average if it doesn't have a deepest point. Okay, deepest point known. Um, I wonder. Uh, so, so we're we're set quarters, up. quarters are stacked flatly. The face flatly. or head, the head or tail, will be against the ground. Um, just like if you were to take a roll of quarters, the cylinder would be going upwards. Um, we're not stacking them edge on edge, so um, the thinnest way possible, basically. Gotcha. Now, I don't know exactly how deep the Marianas Trench is. It's um, over 100 miles. But, <laughs> um, but I do know how high planes fly, and that's usually around 35,000 feet. That sounds about right. But you know what I didn't know? What didn't you know? I didn't know that they still run on floppy disk technology. Um, the 747s do, yeah. Did you, did you see an article about that recently? I did. So apparently they're taking some 747s uh, out of the repertoire. And uh, as doing so, I guess some uh, media outlets were able to like peruse through and look at some things. And um, one uh, one astute observation: someone was like, "Why is there a floppy drive on these?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, that's how we load our maps." Yeah, <laughs> we, all the we, navigation we, data. We download them directly from MapQuest. <laughs> it has to be done like at least once a like I think around once a month or once every quarter or something like that. It's it's frequent. Like it's not you know once every few years. Like you know you get your Garmin with lifetime updates and you say. I have to plug this into a computer. Nah, you know how much that would, that would, do you know how much that would dis, how disconcerting I would find that. Sorry. I couldn't find the right word. How disconcerting that would make me if I were getting, I was boarding a plane, I'm getting onto a plane and I see like a big case logic open up with the pilot, like <laughs> sitting here flipping through things. And I look over and not even, I'm like case logic. who even has CDs anymore. Was he going to listen to backstreet boys? And, uh, and, and he flips it over and it's not even CDs, it's floppy disk. And I see him load it into the plane. I'm like, uh, this has been great, but I, uh, I don't trust anything about what's about to happen. Disk one of 237. I don't, I, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I want a new deck, new dealer, just card off the top Maverick. So funny enough, um, for the 747s that are still in service, they were, they came into service in the like early eighties, which means they were certified late seventies, which is good technology for the early eighties. Right. Look at these floppy disks. These are great. What, these are never going to go out of style. Hey, hand me that eight track. Um, they, well, they stopped making floppy. Like Sony was the last big producer. Uh, they were bigger in Japan floppy disks, believe it or not through the late 2000, they were bigger the than three and a half inches. Uh, I, they had, they actually had several, <laughs> um, but three and a half inch floppy disks. Sony stopped making them early 2010s. So somewhere between eight and 10 years ago, 
basically they stopped manufacturing these discs. Now you might be wondering, cool, you have a fleet of 747s. How do you get discs out to all of them? Um, there's two ways. One is you can just reuse discs. It's like they can do that. Um, Sony put out a big notice that said, hey, if you're buying discs from us still, why? We're ending production in a year, so stock up. Like buy everything you want because we will shut off the machines and we're tearing down the factory. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So you can reuse floppy disks. Um, the 747s, uh, Boeing made a different choice. They don't actually update by floppy disks anymore. They still have floppy disk drives, but they update by, um, and I'm not pretending this is like better or anything. They have a small box. It looks like an external hard disk drive and it's basically an external hard disk drive. It might, might even be USB storage. I don't know exactly what's in it, but it's an external disk drive of some kind, but it has a plug that can plug into the, the board for the nav computer and it pretends it's a floppy drive it's so the, that they can read the nav data off of a pretend floppy drive that is actually backed by a disk drive, which means you have to be careful about how you mount the disk drive so you don't break the floppy because the floppy drive is expecting certain limits on how much data you can put on it. So it's, allow me to date myself even further. So it's like when I take my disk man and then I insert the faux cassette extension cable into my cassette deck of my 1989 Mercury Sable. Right. So, the, so the, <laughs> I remember those things. <laughs> I had an 89 Mercury Sable crash the shit out of that thing. So it's, nice. so I'm taking my disc man, my trusty disc man. I take it off my belt loop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, in, I insert 1996's Ursher album. <laughs> and then I use my adapter to plug that into my Mercury Sable. And it's listen, I just had to fend off the, the, the adoring fans uh, <laughs> of exactly how cool I was. See, um, I had a mini disc player, which is totally still in style. I bet you had a laser disc too. I'm so jealous. No, but did you know, like, man, they have a great Star Wars collection on laser disc. They of do. Four, five, and six. It's isn't amazing. It the, I was about to say, isn't it the the un, untouched? It's basically uh, the last untouched with like audio and some like some minor, I think some minor touch ups, but nothing like you know, it's not specialized. Right. I think Harmy's Despecialized used uh, some of those scenes in earlier versions. I, you know, um, I joked, but now I'm super like jealous that I don't have the, the laser disc on that. Um, well, you know, uh, but uh, Ben, this is uh, floppy disks. They haven't been around in a while, but th- th- they're still all over the place. Did you like up until last year, they finally transitioned off of all of it. The U.S. military used eight inch floppy disks, the actual floppies and not the five and a quarters. Like the ones we loaded like uh, onto our Apple two E's with the, uh, no, my friend, those were, no, five those were five, the five, those were five and a quarters. I was about to say, I, I remember playing Oregon trail off of five and a quarter. I've never actually used for, you know, computing purposes, an eight inch disc. I have some in a collection and I've loaded one for kicks and giggles, like on an old machine as a retro thing. But they had eight inch floppy disks. They were bigger. They, they basically looked otherwise exactly the same as a five and a quarters. Not like the three and a halfs are hard, even though they call them floppies. Right. Um, the U S military used those up until last year, eight inch floppy disks. They were used to load instructions for our nuclear, our, our land-based nuclear weapons. NORAD. So Whopper, they're loading Whopper on this thing. Basically. I don't believe it applied <laughs> to the subs, uh, ICBMs on the subs, but yeah, we finally switched off of it last year. Eight inch floppy disks, which I, I don't know when they stopped making those, but it was long before the three and a halfs because they stopped making a five and a quarters 
long before they stopped making it three and a half. And they stopped making it eight inches before that. I don't know if this is going to come back around, but um, apparently cassettes are becoming popular again, that a lot of people just like with vinyls, people are getting back into cassettes. Mm, Mm -hmm. But that begs the question for me of the cassette in the, in the 89 Mercury Sable is, Oh, nice. Is, uh, uh, I don't exactly know how that magic worked. Like the the magnetic part of it. I get how all that works. What's magnets? How do they work? I don't understand how the thing that was just plastic that you put in that just spun that didn't have the music on it. I don't know how that went from like the discman to that out to the car. I like, I don't know how that actually. Oh, right. Yeah. No, I've always wondered that. You know, I've honestly always wondered that myself. I never looked into it. I have no clue how that works. Well, if somebody, Um, somebody out there is running around in a uh, 89 Mercury Sable with a discman and a cassette, adapter uh if you guys would write into us that'd be great because i would love to know how that works if you do i could I'll use the internet rip, too i yeah. guess i'll give i'll give you a rip of uh defcon this year was canceled they their badge was a tape uh, an audio cassette oh that's awesome i've ripped all the audio off it so i will send you a rip of that audio if you can explain that to us um so yeah so that and uh norway up until a few years ago distributed all of their, uh, because, you know, socialized medicine, right? Um, they had to distribute certain classes of patient, like not, you know, private information, but certain classes of patient data for getting people, their medical records moved around. Um, in the U.S., we have electronic medical records. In Norway, they have electronic medical records too. But until a few years ago, those medical records were shipped by floppy disk. That that astounds me. Like, Late into the 2010s, like well after floppy disks had stopped being manufactured. It, it, yeah, like they're all over the place. Um, you, you know, there's somebody sitting there going like, it's stable technology. It works. Like, why, why fix it if it's not it. broken? I mean, until they break down the factory. Right. Uh, but, you know, that means someone had to pay for it. Like someone's taxes had to go up to change the system, I guess. Uh, it's kind of like when, when, we, when we did uh, unemployment insurance, uh, the federal subsidized unemployment insurance in the U.S. Uh, during this pandemic. They wanted to do things that were percentage based. They wanted to come up with all these fancy formulas and all the states raised their hands and said, we have systems written 20, 30 years ago in languages like COBOL, which we're having a hard time finding programmers. You're asking us to deploy new features to 40 year old software. And that right there, that's the problem. You can still load your nav data by floppy disk and that's okay. If you had a critical patch, if you had to upgrade the kind of nav data you sent, can the system handle it? Now, the nice thing about the 747s is they don't need new nav data and they're on their way out. Well, maybe not the nice thing. Um, if you're ever in Atlanta, Atlanta airport, Delta has a museum and they have a 747-400 that is half configured on its as its last flight with Delta One seats. If you ever want to sit in the Delta One seat, that might be your only chance. And the last half is ripped open so you can see, you can see it gutted. Like the 747s are kind of going out. It doesn't make fiscal sense, especially since they had to... 787 800 or 767-800s. Um, well, whatever. <laughs> we're, we're kind of off topic now. Um, so, but anyway, with the with these uh, floppy disks. But why fly? Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready for a transition? Yeah. Why fly? When, or yeah, whatever you got. Okay. It's, uh, I can see if I can see if I can land this plane. You see what, I, see what I did there? See if I can land that plane. So, with those floppy disks and those cassettes, I can relive my 1996 uh, Ursher album. You know what else is a neat technology to relive things and people of the past? Lou, what if I told you that there is an emerging technology where you can save a hologram of yourself or a loved one, and you can have them there in front of you to relive and to re to reinteract with? What would you oh, say man. to that? 
all I can think of is like Fred Astaire with a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> this is going to go all wrong, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, um, a, a hologram machine has been uh, des- designed by a, a company called Portal. Okay. Uh, <laughs> boo. Boo. What you mean? Shame that, on you. Does that have an overlap with a video game that was very, very popular? I own Port L. It's not even like spelled properly. Por- boo. Por- shame on you. Shame on you, sirs and madams. So, shame on you. Yeah. P-O-R-T-L. Portal. A pox on your houses. Anyway, sorry. Continue. <laughs> a pox on both your houses. Thanks, Mercutio. Um, <laughs> Why do they keep talking about Shakespeare? Out damn spot. Okay, so um, yeah, no, um, Portal, um, who I'm sure was inspired by Sifi, uh, they uh, or the Trouble Channel, as we've talked about <laughs> the, the trouble with Trouble, um, yes. is Portal is basically a big box with a window, mm-hmm. and you can record yourself. It's the same kind of technology that they had at like some of the uh, uh, what they had like the Grammys. They had like Tupac or something like that at the Grammys yes. perform perform one time. Um, or Michael Jackson or something like that is, uh, and I think they still do it at these concerts is it, it is that type of technology for your home. So you can record yourself, I assume on a three and a half inch floppy and yeah, a lot of them, but yes, <laughs> um, you can, uh, record yourself and have a message and interact with people, not interact, but I guess, you know, uh, record I guess yourself. if it's pre-recorded, you probably can't. Yeah. Right. But you can, uh, you can have yourself there for, you know, in perpetuity. So, and it's kind of like a living hologram, hologram of a, uh, of a person, like a picture, kind of like a, like a picture. So you could record yourself for your great, 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 great grandkids and impress them with the technology that was outdated two generations ago uh, nice. and, and creep them out. I'm sure. So well, that's, that's, that's really impressive to me because if it's the same technology, like I didn't think about this, but yeah, Tupac was uh, a hologram. Are you? earlier this decade sometime, but he died in 96. So they were able to generate that hologram out of existing data, right? Not just existing data, but we weren't walking around with high def cell, you know, camera phones on cell phones. Right. In the nineties. Right. As I understand they use like 3d mapping and all that to, to reconstruct uh, him for that. But this, you can basically just record yourself. Which and, is pretty uh, impressive. It is. I, I, I think the great, 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 great grandchild thing might not be so practical. But think about this. What if you record yourself as like, like a you're not home uh, message? Like, <laughs> like somebody comes by yeah. to see you and like you press the doorbell and it's like an automatic uh, respond just kind of like it is out of email. And like you just pop up and you're like, hey, what's up? I'm not here. right. I mean, I'm here right now, but I'm not here right now. I mean, I'm not inside. You know what I'm you know what I'm saying, right? So anyway, I, if you could come back later unless it's the amazon box if you could put that over there i'm expecting three boxes one's kind of small one's kind of big the second one's kind of important it's for my wife's birthday anyway if you could just put that right there um that'd be great unless you're my mom and then i i'll give you a call tomorrow okay all right love you bye man <laughs> and this has been that's gonna be really awkward for jehovah's witnesses <laughs> i'd like to offer you a copy of the watchtower yeah um <laughs> um but no, no I, I think it could actually be practical in, in real life as being kind of like a, a voicemail service. I'm sure there's much better ways than I'm just using it to screw with the people that come to my house. But sure. And it's, it's a $60,000 box and it's a box, right? Like you cannot step into the box with someone. There's a glass panel. You will be separated from that person by the box. Um, so we've got some time to go, right? Ooh, um, I, I just thought of something though. Sorry, that, go ahead. No, I just, there's, there's certain limits to it. Um, because you always know that there's like a box and whoever it is that you're talking to is trapped in this box that is notably absent events 
and is probably suffocating. I was going to say, I, you know, what would be cool about this is like with the, the music thing is if you hooked it up to like your Alexa. And so then you're like, Alexa, play the bad album. And then Michael Jackson shows up and plays the bad album. Like he sings and dances and he moonwalks in place, which is kind of weird, but at least kind of cool to see. Yeah. Like it, it gives a visual element to things. Maybe like there's little mini fireworks that go off inside the box. So like thinking of that, we're talking about, you know, uh, moonwalking in place. It'd be really cool if he could moonwalk in your living room. Isaac Asimov uh, wrote the naked Sun. It's the second book in the robot series. And he goes to this off world planet where people are tired of the big cities. First book's all about big cities. People are tired of big cities. So the spacers are out there on this planet, Solaria. The entire planet is colonized with 20,000 people. They have massive swaths of land, live on huge estates. And the big thing is like a husband and wife, they have their own wings of houses, not their own rooms, their own wings. They're like Batman in, in 89 Batman, where it's like uh, when Vicky Vale's like, do you eat in here often? And he's like, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't think I've ever been in this room before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's, it's like the Remington house, you know, there's a whole bunch of rooms that were just built. They just built to catch. She kept building rooms to avoid being haunted by ghosts. Um, so in the, it, they, they draw this distinction, uh, because they have these huge houses, the whole, the big, the big takeaway is, uh, spoiler alerts. Uh, people don't want to actually be in contact with each other. They think it's dirty. Shaking hands is a dirty thing. You don't want to be in a room with someone. So they have this concept of seeing and viewing. If you're seeing someone, you're in a room with them. And sometimes that's necessary. If you're going to have a child, it's this dirty thing you have to do to make a child. So you have to see each other and be in each other's physical presence. But they have an alternative. So if I want to go eat dinner with my wife, I can sit down at the table and we can eat dinner together and I can view her. And what that means is she's sitting on, in her wing, in her chair, at her table that matches mine. And a holographic projection is beamed directly to my room, and she's sitting in the chair at the table eating with me. It's a perfect hologram, no box required, and it's like she's there. And it's this really weird distinction where people are very prudish when they're seeing each other. Um, they don't like having people in their presence. But when they're viewing, there's this hilarious first scene where this, uh, you know, this investigator comes, this private eye comes, and he's not used to this planet or its culture. So he walks in. And he's seeing this person he's trying to interview and she has no modesty. She's like, Oh yeah, I'm just getting out of the shower. And she gets out of the shower and is drying herself off, not wrapping herself in a towel, just drying herself off in front of this dude and talking to him and comes to the realization halfway through the conversation that she's seeing him, not viewing him. And now all of a sudden it's like super awkward, um, which is, which is fascinating to me because I don't think we really dug into this much, but the hologram machine, uh, yes, it's in a box but it looks like it can do live holograms. I, I think it can do live holograms. Well, first off, that's incredibly interesting uh, with uh, the, the viewing versus seeing. Because the first thing- The Naked Sun was a great book. The first, I can't remember the name of the first one, some Steel City thing. And, uh, and for anybody- It's all right. Naked Sun was great. And for anybody, no, I'm sorry. Uh, for anybody that's listening right now and they're like, well, that doesn't make sense at all that you would like feel differently between being viewed or, or being seen. No, absolutely. Because you communicate with people on a keyboard on social media and you're not you, but let's say you sure. are a complete a-hole and will say things that you would never say in person. But you see that same person at the store and you're like, Hey Phil, how's it going? 
Uh, but you get behind, right. but you get behind the armor of a, of your keyboard and your screen, and people are willing to say whatever. But you're still ostensibly doing the same thing. You're communicating with another person. So, like being viewed and being seen, you're still doing the same thing essentially. Right. But you're just doing it in a slightly different fashion. That something in our animal brains just goes, yeah, that's totally different, and yeah. just draws us some sort of weird delineation of like I don't have to follow by the same social pragmatics I would otherwise. Yeah. It, it, so it was a really interesting book from that perspective. And I've thought about, I think I read it in the nineties originally back when, you know, I was on IRC on chat on the internet and it's, it's aged incredibly well. Like I, I thought about it a lot then in terms of like, what does it mean to be chatting with someone versus in person versus different things? And that wasn't even, that wasn't even, you didn't even see someone, right. Um, things are like anonymity. What does a name mean? And it just, it's, it's really interesting to see that and this hologram box um, where you could, in theory, you know, I could be in your house right now um, in a box suffocating, but not suffocating. Cause it's a hologram. Um, but if I can't ship myself to your house, maybe I can ship you something from Amazon, Ben. Thank you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Amazon review of the day. I have one right here. Do you want to give me a the little, uh, I always put you on the spot. Do you want to yeah. give me a little, uh, little intro for that. And now Ben's Amazon review of the day starring Ben and this Amazon review. <coughs> that was it. That's all I had. Okay. No, 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 that's fine. I just <laughs> want to make sure I have the, uh, the name of this correctly. This is the Playmobil security checkpoint. Okay. Description from the manufacturer. A woman traveler stops by the security checkpoint. After placing her luggage on the screening machine, the airport employee checks her baggage. The traveler hands her spare change and watch to the security guard and proceeds through the metal detector. With no time to spare, she picks up her luggage and hurries on board her flight. This is the Playmobil security checkpoint. It's been discontinued. I'm showing Lou on the little Skype here. Yeah. Like it's, uh, I'm looking at this it, thing and all I can think of is, was it discontinued in like 1999? Cause a, a checkpoint doesn't look like that since, you know, maybe early 2000. It does make it sound like she's going immediately to board the plane. Like she's getting off of this, like going through this little scanner and she's going immediately to, to board the plane. Uh, you have some questions. Other people have some questions. Let me just go ahead and hit some, some of the top point uh, Q and a uh, from the website. Yes. Maybe it'll go ahead and preemptively answer some of your questions. Question. Um, do the clothes come off the person? It's only accurate if they can be stripped. Uh, answer. Uh, yes, the clothes do come off. And unfortunately, uh, the figures do not come with spare clothes. So okay. they did not do that. They did not have the clothes come off because they're like, maybe she wants to fly casual. Maybe she wants to fly like first class and, and, and get gussied up. Uh, no. A, yes, you can strip, strip search these figures. Here's a question that I found interesting. Yes. So. Um, because obviously this is a top of our minds, at least before the pandemic, will this toy help my child understand why tolerance of rubber gloved probing by TSA agents is important because we have nothing to hide. And the answer is if it doesn't teach your kids tolerance, then your child is probably a terrorist. You should go check right now. You should, you should. Um, you know what? I, you, this it's is nine o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Um, <laughs> and then of course they ask how much dignity comes uh, with it. Uh, can you buy extra dignity when supplies run out? And, and I'm sorry, the answer is no. Uh, I'm afraid there's no dignity supplied with this Ugh, product. Of um, course not. Now, uh, so so some people... Battery's not included. 
Batteries not included. Now, uh, there are some always with Amazon. There's some uh, reviews. So I'm going to hit some in a little bit of a different order, but I'm going to hit some of the, re- the, the reviews. Um, one person said, totally racist. Um, I mm. purchased the Playmobil security checkpoint for my twin daughter's birthday, and I immediately regretted it. My daughter's Jasmine doll from Aladdin got detained mm-hmm. and interrogated for hours when she passed through the checkpoint. One of my daughters walked Dora the Explorer through the checkpoint and was instantly asked to produce her papers. The Playmobil TSA agents have totally made fake airline travel a miserable experience. Um, now, that was a one-star review. Not all of them were bad. Uh, here's one. I think there's a travel ban on Agrabah right now. I think so. <laughs> um, gosh, I, had to, I wish I, I can't could, go there. I know that. I wish I could get out of Agrabah. Um, <laughs> uh, they're not all bad. Here's a five-star review. I mean, I can show you the world, just not That's, Agrabah. <laughs> Tupperware, still fresh. Um, <laughs> There are some five-star oh. reviews. Um, uh, five-star reviewed, verified purchased, uh, notes ordered by accident. So, you know, sometimes <laughs> <laughs> sometimes there's, uh, uh, it's just a happy mistake. A couple more reviews in case you guys just have a, a decent idea of what you want. Uh, one person says, not appropriate. Upon further investigation, we found the civilian toy to have five grams of cocaine lodged within, oh. uh, lodged within uh, whatever the rectal area of the toy was, a toy would be. I assume that's that uncut Colombian stuff. Um, not appropriate for kids. Thankfully, we now have another DAT- detainee for our Playmobil Guantanamo Bay playset. Oh, so, nice. So, you always know, always can... look on the bright side of life. At least you, know, you can turn that into, you know, you turn that into uh, make uh, lemons out of lemonade there. Uh, so this person, uh, is another person reviewed. I've got two more reviews. Uh, one person said it's real realistic. He really enjoyed it. Said my son, I played with it a few times, but I didn't think, uh, he really understood how to work it. So I substituted the dad, which was white with my mm-hmm. old Muhammad Ali action figure. And instantly it took 20 extra minutes to get through using oh. a Brown character, uh, over the dad unlocked several hidden functions, including cavity search, laptop, mis- uh, dismantling, and finally tasering. Uh, but as you said before, Batteries for the lantern uh, taser was mm. were not included. Yeah, um, see, like that's that's really disappointing because you just want to get out and play with it. Uh, imagine, if, imagine if you had gotten this on Christmas, right? Like it's realistic, but now you can't actually, you know, taser someone because you have to go get a lantern battery. Uh, and then this last one is from Paul. It's my favorite review of of this product, mm. and um, uh, you know, Paul states uh, in his byline. I don't work for the government, which I thought was weird. Like that's was kind of part of his Paul. I don't work for the government. Um, you would think, right. Um, it, he wrote a long review, but most of it is redacted. Huh? Um, so, but the words that were left from his redacted uh, review are blank, 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 fantastic, blank, 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 toy, blank, 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 everything, blank, blank is blank, 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 fine, blank, blank, love, blank, blank, your blank, blank government. So, hmm. I feel, I mean, fantastic toy. Everything is fine. Love your government. Yeah. I don't I mean, really, I mean, the, the redact is probably just to make things go faster. You know, it's kind of a word count thing. I don't yeah, think there was I mean, any I really know information what, in there. Uh, I don't really know what love your government has to do with uh, the review of the toy, but you know, sure. Like I'm in That's patriotism, the, patriotism. Um, and, and that was it. And that was it. That was Ben's Amazon review of the day. Well, I'm convinced. Uh, I'm going to go get this Playmobil playset, which means I have to go. So this has been General Geekery, specifically. It's been a podcast. I'm Ben. I'm I'm Lou. And after six years, we're still stepping on each other. So maybe we'll go home and think about that. Talk to you later. Bye. Love you. Love you all. This has been a Broken Toys Studio production. Yeah, it's good.
All right, let me write down that as well. 119. Oh, finally. 112 overall. 119 overall. Something like blood pressure. 